We are two mothers who love exploring the depth of life in all its shapes. Here, we want to create a space to look at the transition into motherhood, what it might look like in different traditions and cultures, conscious parenting, the sacredness of birth, and the postpartum universe. By sharing stories, inviting guests, and together reconnect to the wisdom of our womb and Mother Earth through different practices. I am so excited to get into this week's show. We had such a great time. Tree is amazing and this is one of my favorite subjects and came at a perfect time for me as my dreams have been super intense recently and they have been calling me back every single night. And I go into this in the episode, um, how me and Angelica met, because because we were actually on a metaphysics course and were totally in the invisible world for one month, going deep. And we learned so many tools and skills to go into the dream world, and it was truly life-changing. So this week we cover so much ground and Tree is such a gift. She merges science, history and magic and she brings it all together to teach us about the mysterious world of dreaming. I really wanted to ask Tree onto the show to go deeper into the dream world because so many mothers come forward and say how their dreams are so crazy during pregnancy and postpartum and there is this curiosity to what lies beyond the physical realm and yeah maybe there's a fear for some people to connect deeper to what this means I know that was the case for me and through gentle guidance and knowledge I was able to understand that the dreams were calling to me in the way that I would understand so that I could go deeper to heal I feel that dream work is constantly being dismissed as being woo-woo or child's play and really not given much attention, especially in the mainstream. And it's really no surprise because a practice that can offer incredibly powerful downloads and a chance to heal on a deep subconscious level can be dangerous to this patriarchal society. What would happen if we could actually heal ourselves? So Tree talks about the links between emotional intelligence and the recollection of dreams and dream work practices and how this has been seen to strengthen communities. And I just love the idea of gathering my own family together and having a nice tea and talking about our dreams. It opens my heart so much. I mean, Araya's only one years old right now, so... I'm pretty much just talking to myself. (laughs) So I'm curious to know if you have heard of lucid dreaming before. I feel like the term lucid dreaming and vivid dreaming can become confused. So I'm just going to explain this a little bit more. Lucid dreaming is a state when you are asleep, but you are aware that you are asleep. So you're conscious in your dream. Uh, usually we wake up and we recall our dream or maybe we don't but lucid dreaming is when you are there and you're in it and you are are very aware that you are dreaming and this means that you can actually 
control what's happening in your dream. And this can be very healing if you are ready to go deeper into that. And I'm going to talk about a course that I created to gently drop you in to the dream world. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. Another thing we bring up is astral travel or out-of-body experience. And this is when you are aware of your energetic body detaching from your physical body. And I have experienced this a number of times and I have seen my body laid on the bed and I'm raising up to the ceiling, rising up to the ceiling. And actually, every time this has happened, excluding one time, I have absolutely shit myself. (laughs) And as I've done that, I've dropped back into my body. And what happens is I wake up and my heart rate is so fast, my breathing rate is fast and I'm sweating. And then I go really cold. So I'm curious to know what your experience of this and if this is resonating with something that maybe you've experienced. So I'm going to touch a little bit now on sleep cycle because we talk about this but we don't really go deep into what it means. As you start to go into the dream world, the brain waves start to decrease. So in stage one in alpha, we are preparing to drift off. We go through alpha and theta and have periods of dreaminess, almost like a daydream, except we are falling to sleep. And this usually lasts around five to 10 minutes. And this is a state that you'll also find yourself in when you're in meditation. So the next stage is theta, T-H-E-T-A. And this is the second stage of sleep and lasts around 20 minutes. And this is a flow state. Your body temperature begins to drop and your heart rate starts to slow down. The next stage is delta. So now your brain waves are really going deep and slow. And this is when you're in a transitional period between light sleep and very deep sleep. Then we have stage, the final stage, which is REM. And that means rapid eye movement. And this is when most of the dreaming occurs. And it's characterized by eye movement, increased respiration rate, and increased brain activity. REM sleep is also referred to as paradoxical sleep because, did I say that right? Paradoxical sleep, because (laughs) while the brain and the body system become more active, your muscles become more relaxed or paralyzed. And dreaming occurs because of the increased brain activity, but voluntary muscles become paralyzed so that you do not injure yourself, so that you don't start living out the dreams that you're having that can be really dangerous. And probably you're thinking your brain might link to sleepwalking and sleep talking, and you're right, this is when the part of your brain, which usually makes your voluntary muscles become paralyzed, there's something happening there which keeps them awake. Usually REM sleep happens 90 minutes after you fall asleep and the first period of REM typically lasts for 10 minutes. Each of your later REM stages gets longer and the final one may last to up to an hour. And so again, the longer you sleep, the more chance you get to be in the dream state to have a chance to become lucid if that is one of your goals. So stay tuned to find out simple ways to create a dream practice to support you on your journey. 
Tree will also share herbs which promote deeper sleep and ones which will support dream recall. Because that is one of the things that seems to be an issue with people approaching me. They don't remember their dreams. So how are they going to do dream work? Well, we're going to help you out in this episode. If you're a Patreon, I'm going to be offering you free access to my own dream work course, which I created two years ago after finally nailing my lucid dreaming practice. So it's not just for if you're wanting to do lucid dreaming, it's if you want to go deeper into your dream practice in general. It was a serious game changer for me, that's all I can say. One, I am no longer afraid, and two, I can use everything that I've learned to support my journey and receive messages and just heal on a much deeper level. This is the last week to take advantage of Angelica's incredible postpartum universe course. So we are offering all the listeners a 20% discount for this course. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I am going to be there to be nourished and to receive all this wisdom so that I can go deeper into my own journey and gather this knowledge to better support others. So if you feel that this is calling to you, I'm going to leave all the details in the show notes, but just to note that the discount code will be Depths of Motherhood. Don't forget, we have full and new moon ceremonies every month and they are live. But if you cannot make the live, don't worry because we will be sending the recording out to all who register. Oh, it's such a beautiful time to come together and just share this space to be seen, to be heard and to do practices which nourish us. It's really, really beautiful. So I hope to see you there. After this beautiful conversation with Tree Car. We will hold our mother's circle. In this space, we invite a mother each week to share their story, to be held and to be seen. If you would like to share your story, whatever it may be, whatever comes up, whatever you would like to share about your journey through motherhood so far, then please contact me directly. I'll leave all my information in the show notes. All right, let us come back to our body. Let's take some breaths. Hmm. Fill yourself up and let your body relax as you exhale. Drop your focus into the space between your eyebrows and then back into the center of the head. Take three breaths into that space. Every exhale, the shoulders relax. Feel the melting sensation moving through your body. Next, drop your awareness into your throat, right into the center of the throat. Take three breaths. Feel the neck opening and relaxing. The jaw is soft. And finally, we go into the heart space. Three breaths there. Feel the chest open. The sides of the body expand. Ready to receive. 
Thank you so much for being here. You deserve all this nourishing energy, this wisdom. You deserve to come back home to yourself, to go deeper and deeper, to reconnect to the truth of who you are. I see you. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope to connect you more through our Instagram, our Discord community. All of the information is in the notes. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody to this week's episode. Angelica, are you with us? Yes, like always. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> so here with uh, both you and Tree Carr that is uh, guesting us today. Yes, let's welcome her on. Tree Carr, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much, Danielle. Is this your real name? Was you born with the name Tree? Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah. I was born in 1972, and in the 70s, there was a lot of uh, going back to you know the natural world so there was a lot of you know these sort of names popping up uh in the 70s my formative years were on a commune uh cool. in augusta georgia so for my, my childhood was was spent in that kind of setup um what yeah, kind of memories my, do you have from that that's really intriguing so, yeah so my memories of that time were of uh, my dreams. I, I was really connected to my dreams. I grew up without television and without like pop culture and radio and and all of those sort of things. So the in the commune there was a, a real um, you know sense of not having any of that you know outside disturbances, so to speak. Wow, and privileged. So, yeah, you know, at the time, I, I didn't really know when I, you know, as I grew up, I thought, oh, I'm, I have to catch up on a lot of TV, you know, <laughs> things like that. But I'm, I'm re- always say to my parents, I'm so glad that you, you raised this without television like this, because I feel like um, it just makes you connected to more flow states. So my earliest mm-hmm. memories are of being out in nature, playing, playing in the pecan groves, collecting pecans. Um, mm-hmm. In, in big huge bin bags and 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 exploring old silver civil war houses that were all dilapidated and abandoned and and sitting under trees and looking into the windows of old yeah these old civil <sighs> war houses like huge huge ones right that were just abandoned and and seeing like ghosts in the windows and things like that and just feeling like that was totally normal um, so that's my goosebumps. earliest memories. <laughs> Dream. Um, at the time, you know, my mom was, yeah, she's very clairvoyant. And me and my sister picked up on some of that as well. And, you know, I would come to school and just like, oh, yeah, and talking about all these dimensions. And people were like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you, what are you talking about? You ladies had um, a head start. <laughs> nice I've been peeling back all the crap that I was given (laughs) so we have welcomed you onto the show to hear more about your experience in the dream world and yeah I am so excited because this is well one of my 
fascinations and passions. And actually, me and Angelica met on a metaphysics course in Guatemala, at Lake Atitlan, if you've heard of it. And that was an insane month for us. We were just like in a pyramid for so many hours a day, just going inwards and connecting to the invisible world. So I am so excited to hear your experience and just see like, how did you, you just mentioned then that this was, this was really coming to you as a child, which is incredible. And no one was taking it away from you, telling you that you were, you know, you're crazy. You're not seeing things. Try to look at this instead. You're actually able to embrace it, which is amazing. So how did it go along your life lifeline to this point now? Were you able to connect to your truth throughout or is it, you know, has it moved around as you've moved around the world or have you really been able to stay anchored? Yeah, it's moved around uh, and, and it's evolved and been initiated in, in various ways. And actually uh, in Guatemala, that's great that you've been there because I've been there too. Uh, yeah, to the lake. Yeah, in, the 90, in 1995, and I did a whole pilgrimage through all of those lands uh, for like a whole year and went to Tikal and felt super activated there and climbing the temple and everything. So, Ugh. and my dreams, my dreams through that that whole voyage of um, that year were, were incredible. Like I kept, mm. I kept a dream, dream journal. So that was amazing. I was just, I, I mentioned the connection. Like, yeah, I know what you mean by that very magical place. Yeah, it's a vortex. <laughs> um, it's insane. Yeah. I think um, with my journey, it started as a little, uh, as a child. And like I said, I think in the formative years, not having those outside influences like television and whatnot, I was able to just really be in those flow states for a long time. And I think also my parents were really like, they, they didn't, they, they were, they, they almost kept us really sheltered and like wanted us to stay kids as long as we, we, we wanted to, which I think was super healthy. Um, of course, it made it difficult going into like normal kind of, you know, life really later on and mm. feeling really quite sheltered and innocent compared to most of the other kids, mm. uh, like in my middle school and things like that, where I felt really like, you know, I didn't know who Madonna was or Prince or any like run DMC or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like it was just like out of touch with a lot of what was going on in pop culture, culture. But yeah. I think that kept me in the dream zone and also the flow states for, you know, for longer possibly. Um, I mean, studies show that like children before they go into school years, they operate mostly in the theta brainwave. That's why little children seem to be always in a flow state and they're very connected to their world and sensitive. And they seem to have like almost like these abilities as well to sense things or see things. And it's because they're pretty much walking around like in a state of hypnosis, right? In that state of brainwave. And then it's, it's when children go into school around, you know, five or six years old, where their brainwaves start to shift into the beta brainwave, which is the formation, you know, really of the ego and the, the chattering mind and the thinking mind. And isn't it interesting that all our life, we're trying to always get back to that beta brainwave, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's interesting how it links to going to school. Like, would that even come if there was never um, this place for children to go and sit for hours a day and start to feed their brain with all this stuff? I just wonder how it would be if that wasn't there. Very I wonder, interesting. Right? And I really wonder because like 
obviously in the West, uh, we have like these, these institutions and these structures that as a, a citizen of the, the, the earth or the city or the country, you need to go and do those things and be part of the regiment. But yeah. you, you see hunter-gatherer people all around the world, uh, indigenous people who don't have those sort of structures, they seem to be connected, maybe more connected to those flow states, right? Like, totally. Um, studies show like um, when the Spanish invaders first went over to the, to the, the New World, so South America, Central America, Mexico, that they, and there's a lot of documentation of this of the friars and the monks at the time, they were gobsmacked by the amount of like uh, sensitivities that everyone had, like the women, the children, and the men. Men were, were, would, would publicly cry and show emotion. And the Europeans just thought this was absolute madness. Like, how is it that, you know, all these people seem like child, like very childlike. And they, they, you know, they cry, they all cry together on mass. And so wow. I think that highlights a really big, you know, fact that mm -hmm. if you're not put in these sort of regimented structures, then you, you leave more space and you're connected to nature. Yeah. You leave more space for this flow like state and these sensitivities that are very beautiful and we've lost touch with it. Yeah. Oh my, I just, everything that you're saying, it's so crazy because me and Angelica have been talking back and forth about this, this past week, actually. I had no idea that you were going to start talking about hunter-gatherers and things like this. And that's basically been on our, like, our mind talking about how this relates with what we're eating as well. So, wow, synchronicities. Yeah, that sometimes happens. I, I didn't know I was going to talk about any of this either. It just uh, starts floating <laughs> out of the mouth. <laughs> I, I know when I, I reached out to you, I was um, I was wondering if you'd ever worked with anyone who's pregnant or in the postpartum phase. And you just said that you were really interested in this because you can see that when you've been talking to people, this has been something that, that comes up. And when I was pregnant, I had really vivid dreams, very lucid. Um, so they were vivid and they they would be lucid sometimes. And then in postpartum, I also had the same, but it was in a different feel. And I think it's because in postpartum, I haven't got much time to sleep properly. I haven't got much time to go through the REM cycle. I mean, through the sleep cycle. So I don't have much time in REM, um, but I'm definitely more lucid in um, the postpartum stage compared to the pregnancy stage. So I'd just be interested in your insight to this. And also Angelica, if you have any... Um, like experiences that you want to share like I'd love to hear your your take on this I haven't really asked you about when you're pregnant well I I just want to start by saying and I think yeah I I know I mentioned this before in in earlier uh, episodes but um when we are pregnant we, we're going deeper into our subconscious mind so I, it's not strange at all that we will be more lucid and that we open up to this other realm because we're going closer towards it. Um, that's just something that I wanted to mention. And yeah, I mean, uh, for me as well, it was mostly uh, in my postpartum because that's, I was close, I, I was so close, you know, just giving birth and like, you know, being in whatever realm you go into when you're bringing, you know, this, this life through you. <laughs> into this world so um after after the birth i had three yeah i had so many dreams that i felt was coming from yeah my subconscious mind or even ancestral lineages that um yeah it was being presented so i had opportunity to work with that that's amazing and i 
I think with my own experience, well, I'm, I'm not a mother. I've gone through my, my maiden stage, my, my mother stage, but never had children. And I'm in my crone phase <clears throat> as I'm in menopause now. So I never felt called to have children. I come from a very big family. My mom had eight children and I was the oh. fifth of eight. So I, I raised my, you know, I was like a little mom in my own right as a child. Mm -hmm. And I also just never, I just never felt called, you know, some people feel really called to, to have children. I felt called to be here for the people who are here already. And I have children in different ways, I suppose. <clears throat> but I do feel mm -hmm. like I did the, the motherhood through my own sibling, my own siblings, you know, I've changed enough na nappies in my day <laughs> when I was growing up. And I also just, you know, being really connected to my mother's experience through being pregnant, like, you know, she, she, all of us are really close together in age as well. So just her in constant, uh, you know, pregnancy and also in postpartum and also her navigating postpartum depression and really being connected to my mom's emotional well-being as I was growing up. Um, I feel really like I'm very connected to, to mothers and people who have babies. I, I, I'm really good around babies, actually. Like, I'm able to, like, guess babies' ages and things like that. Um, so I, 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 even though I had never had children myself. But what I've noticed is that the sensitivities do increase as women are pregnant. Um, when women are pregnant, they seem to have a lot more dream activity. And this could be so many different things. There's literally a life force that's in your body mm. that is, you know, alive and moving in there. So that... <laughs> you know, bringing into a dynamic into your dreams and also just the biological changes of the woman's body as she moves through her pregnancy is like, you know, the rushes of, of um, hormones and, and lots of different um, uh, various chemicals and compounds that are also yeah. being activated, which can also activate dream realms too. That's a really good point, actually, because... You, know, you don't them things kind of get missed when you think about the dream world of how much um like food or drink or any any input actually that goes into the body during the day affects our sleep so obviously with our hormones changing and like you said another human being another soul in there there's going to be some things going off yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean this is like we you know we're all walking bags of flesh and chemicals we're in these meat suits that we're in and, and it's, it does <laughs> It does affect our moods, our feelings, our consciousness as well, um, and certainly our dreams, uh, because yeah. the dreams are the realms of the unconscious just uh, popping out every night to give you messages. Mm. And I find that with the women I've talked to who are navigating uh, pregnancy, uh, find that like what you were saying, Danielle, the post postpartum, it's like, whoa, that's when these unusual experiences of lucid dreaming, hypnagogic dreaming and, and sleep paralysis or even out of body mm. states seem to happen more then because of the disrupted sleep cycle, which is which enables for these experiences to happen a little bit more. Yeah. Because your consciousness is peaked, ready for the baby to cry. So you're kind of mm. on, you know, your consciousness is focused. Mm -hmm. uh, your body is so tired, <laughs> but it's, it's almost like you need oh, that yeah. perfect combination, you know, like as a lucid dreamer or an astral projector, that's what you want. You want to have a very, you know, conscious, focused awareness, but then your body needs to be able to go into sleep. That's how you can access that liminal threshold. So mm -hmm. 
as a as a new mother you can really in a dreaming practice really make the most of all those interrupted sleeps you know <laughs> and try to get some lucid dreaming done <laughs> yeah do you right? do you treat do you do any like dream um what do you call it now when you analysis? yeah like analyze exactly yeah yeah dream interpretation and in yeah interpretation that was the word i was looking for yes <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I do that as well as part of my sessions with people um uh really leaning into your discovering your dream language understanding your dream language everybody has a unique language mm. um with dreams understanding your own personal symbols and mythology so you can start to integrate the messages of your dreams and and, and live a very right. connected waking life and inspired waking life so yeah so I that's part of it too it's, it's always good to I love doing a, a good old dream dream <laughs> interpretation session yes yeah they can go so deep me and Danielle um yeah we have but we both are quite vivid dreamers and yeah obviously we also work with the dream world as well so um sometimes we connect and share and just like oh how you know what do you think that's about and what how did you feel in the emotional states and it's just so wonderful how you can dig into understanding them oh it's um, amazing yeah yeah and, and I just want to share like just before actually just before I went to Guatemala um where I have I had had this dream for years and years and it was like this horror, like this, you know, this horror dream. It was terrifying. And, uh, you know, it was this typical, like, I'm running and running and running and I'm feeling chased by this dark force, but I can't see it. But it was there and... Um, oh, hold on. Yeah. So it was there and, you know, I've, once again, I had this for years. And then I remember one day this was yeah once again just before I went to Guatemala and I just decided to like enough like this is like I can actually choose and I can also be aware in my dreams so this happens again and this but this time around you know I wake up in my dream and I just like turn around and I say stop enough like stop it I'm I'm over being afraid of you like you do not get to chase me anymore you know um so that was my that was my first like really wow well I was so proud of myself when I woke up and then it happened just a week later it happened again and in in this dream it went even further so I you know I said to this um to this dark force that you know I'm I'm gonna give you a rose you know I just like gave this this darkness a rose and it turned into a light and in this dream I understand that I've been running away from myself I've been running away from my own shadow amazing wow. what a beautiful so dream. you know there I'm just embracing it in my dream and I wake up with a mantra so I remember I'm in this dream I'm just you know I, I stand and I close my eyes and I I am saying this mantra how I am protected and loved and then I give this dream to to this dark force whatever it is and I realize it's myself well and you know since then I've never ever had it back again I really oh and I'm like okay you know I've been running away from myself my whole life that's crazy that so, you came to that on your own as well you know yeah, like you went through so that all on your own so profound yeah. something completely 
shifted in my life after that. Like I can't explain <laughs> how or what happened, but something happened. So wow. it's so powerful. It's so so powerful. So I would suggest anyone who is interested in them to, in this to yeah, reach out to Tree and you know. Um, <laughs> That actually um, leads me on to one of the questions that were asked in the community because somebody said that they are actually afraid to go into the dream world because of maybe because of experiences that they've had in the dream world before or things that they've heard. And either it comes through as a dream comes through and they dismiss it or they forget it straight away or they see it through a narrow lens and not, they're not really ready to go and explore what it might be. So I'm wondering like what you would say to, to these mothers who are very intrigued by it, really wanting to go there and feeling there is this connection to the dream world. There is a deeper healing that can happen. There is these insights that can be gained, but they are just afraid to go there. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think, um, you know, fear can be a real obstacle, obviously, but it also presents itself in order for us to learn and to transcend it. So fear can be a big teacher too. So if we change the vantage point or look at fear through a different lens of how is fear teaching me? Like this is my teacher. There's something here on the other side of this challenge that can transform me. So I think a really good way of moving forward with, with this sort of thing is, is to allow yourself to lean into the intention of, I trust that I will go to places that I can handle because I really do believe that. I believe that we go to places where we can handle. Like I'll have clients come to me and say, I'm getting terrible sleep paralysis. It's happening once a week. It started, you know, uh, two months ago or whatever. And, and I say, well, let's start off by looking at the sleep paralysis and, and how it's happening all the time. And, you know, this is happening to you and it is a, you're obviously ready to, to, to face it, you know? So always know that wherever you're at, even if it's a scary dream or a nightmare, it's that it arises in order to get your attention to teach you something or mm. help you train something. So if you just shift up that narrative of, oh, oh, it's, you know, it's a nightmare, it's bad energy or mm -hmm. it's evil. What it we've been fed that. throughout our lives. Yes. And we've been, you know, we've been, um, we've been trained or, or, or shown that that's how we're supposed to respond, you know, from, mm -hmm. from horror movies to scary TV shows, yeah. you know, we're even we're from our doctors take some pills. Yeah. Or just to placate it or numb it. But mm -hmm. what we want, what you want to do is, is to embrace it and lean into it and know that you're always going to be okay. Nothing can destroy you you are a sovereign being and there's something to learn. So even your, your nightmares are actually your biggest teachers. Mm. So just shift up the narrative. Any of you women who are listening and you're thinking, I'd love to do this dream work, but it's, it freaks me out or I feel scared of a lucid dream. Mm -hmm. Just start with an intention before you go to bed at night. I'd love to connect more deeply to my dreams. I want to learn something. Please teach me something. Mm -hmm. If you wake up with an, a, a creepy dream or an anxiety dream, just write it down and then you know, really sit with it because there's great wisdom even in the scary and the creepy dreams. I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode. I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about this week's sponsor, Evolving Humans. 
Evolving humans teaches the most effective energy healing technique, which we can use to restore balance throughout our whole body. Personally, I have found this practice to be extremely simple and deeply transformative. When I mastered this technique, I was able to regain power over my life. I finally stopped running and distracting myself from my emotions. This technique teaches you to feel the energy in your body and be with it so it can be seen and loved and without any force or suppression. And from that space, it finds its own path which clears you of any unnecessary tension. Have you ever suffered with a chronic disease, injury, mental turbulence, heartache, depression, anxiety? I could go on and on. The question is, what do all of these expressions have in common? They create a sensation in your body which creates a discomfort or a pain. What do you usually do when you feel something like this? We are taught to do whatever it takes to remove the pain. Wouldn't you like to heal yourself without relying on an external source? Like I mentioned before, it's so simple. It takes no mental power to do this. You literally just have to feel. Evolving Humans are offering a 10% discount on their course, which will share everything you need to know. Visit evolvinghumans.com and use the code motherhood22 and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Um, So yeah, the intention and the journaling are the two things that I have brought through with, you know, coming from the lake and getting pregnant and not having much time, but the intention and the journaling, even if the journaling looks like me just recording it and sending it to Angelica, it's like coming out into the open to be seen. And I love what you're saying, like that support is out there to hold you and just remind you that you can deal with this. Because I remember at the lake, I was freaking out. I had this really dark dream and Chatty, our teacher said to me, just ask, this because it was a shadow that was in my dream just ask her what does she want how can I help you and that phrase just like Angelica you were talking about a phrase as well that one thing has always stuck with me and actually it goes into the dreams with me so if something's freaking me out in there and I have no anchor I just say how can I help you and actually it helps me in real life as well because everyone's moving from what they believe and their fears so just knowing that if someone's freaking out around you Maybe they just need some help and how can that look? So that was something that was massively profound for me. That that's wonderful and so succinctly put. And, and and it is that territory. It always comes back to love. And the the human condition is that dichotomy of be, of always teetering between fear and love. I mean, it, that is basically the human experience. It's like we either lean into fear or we lean into love or we're somewhere in between. But that's, you know, that's what, what creates so much of our misery in the human condition because when we get love, it's amazing. And then when we're back into fear, it's like, oh no. But yeah. you approach the dream realms and, and life, waking life in that way mm-hmm. and ask of how you can be of service and, 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 and push into the, into the love, it really changes. Watch how it dissipates after someone angry is like, 
yeah. yelling at you. You go, how can I help you? What, how, like, you know, how can I help you right now? And it just, it shifts. Yeah. Even Straight if you just space. feel it in your heart, like, how can I yes. help you or surround them in light? It massively helps. And I have to remind myself all the time, even with my baby and my partner, like things are going crazy and I just surround them in light and it just makes such a difference. And going back to the dream, dream world again, I just feel like I look at life differently because one of the things I say through the day is, am I dreaming? And that was one of the practices that I loved getting from the lake was just seeing these messages everywhere. Am I dreaming? And taking a look at your hands because that was one thing that we learned there was to, if you become lucid, which means you're conscious that you're asleep when you're dreaming for anyone listening. Um, if you become lucid, I would always look at my hands and if my hands had light in them, then I know that I was dreaming. And that was a, a wake up for me to say, okay, I'm dreaming. Now I can take control of whatever that means. Cause I would go in with an intention so I could then focus back on the intention. So yeah, it like yes. all merges together. Doesn't it? Like when you start working with it. That's fantastic. And that's a really great lucid dreaming technique. And, um, <clears throat> that that comes from uh, the the lineage of Carlos Castaneda's, who was taught mm. by Don, who showed him that technique, and it's a really an amazing lucid dreaming technique for beginners to to do reality checks for around looking at your hands, asking yourself the question, am I dream, am I awake? The more you do that, the more chances you'll have of being in a dream and you see your hands, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you'll see something unusual like light coming out of it or drawing an extra digit or something. Yeah, and you're like, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah. And um, also something that's really helpful too for all the women listening who want to do this, but the fear is the obstacle is, is community. Now we've really be become disconnected from community and sharing these experiences. Dream sharing is actually, it's a human birthright and it's very human and person-centered practice. Now there's going back to the hunter-gatherer tribes uh, still around the world today. This is something that happens still today. You know, people waking up, tribes and people and communities waking up at dawn sharing their dreams, everyone sharing the dreams, children sharing the dreams as well. And then everyone unpacking the dreams together, listening to the messages of the dreams and the support and supporting mm -hmm. each other. So my dream could help you, Danielle, or Angelica, your dream might help me. And so this is really important part of being a human being. And this is another thing that we become disconnected from. So therefore we feel like it's an individual pursuit and we feel you know, when we have a creepy dream, we're alone in it and we're scared. But if we had our dream sharing groups, we could say, hey, I had this dream about this monster chasing me. And, and then you have the support of your kin to come around and, and also give you feedback. So there's something to be said about community as well when it comes to a dreaming practice. Wow, I absolutely like the way you put that. It's so beautiful. Me and my partner every morning by breakfast, we're like, so what did you dream? <laughs> um, but the way you put this just added to how, uh, oh, wow, how we can help each other to unravel it. Or, or maybe he dreamed something that I needed to hear. Or, you know, like yeah. we're so intense. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's incredible. This, Thank you for so there's, that. Been studies, there's been studies around uh, dream sharing cultures that uh, prolifically the Sonoy culture in like the, the Southeast Asia, um, they do a dreaming practice in the morning where the children first share and then everybody else shares. 
But when they studied this group of people, this tribe, they noticed that this was such a bonding practice that they did together as a tribe that it, it seemed to have its great benefits. Now this tribe had a very, they had literally no depression that nobody had suffered any mental illness in this tribe. Everyone seemed very emotionally integrated. And so there's something to be said about sharing the, the visions of your unconscious realms in the morning with your, with your kin. And together you move together as a group. And, you know, really? there could be prophetic messages that help. There could be, you know, they could help heal relationships. You might have a, a dream where you're, you're angry with your grandfather or your grandfather has done something. And then, you know, th there's something there that's really important to talk about. And it's so really intimate practice, isn't it? Because yeah. it's so intimate because you're so vulnerable in that state and you're sharing. And mm. I don't know if you've ever felt you've shared a dream with someone and you almost feel a little bit dirty because maybe you didn't trust them. But deep down inside, you know that this is such a vulnerable aspect of yourself. You're showing them like a side that you don't even see, you know, you don't even see it's your subconscious. So it's really interesting for me when I've shared so openly and then suddenly I've been like, oh, I didn't feel like that was a safe space for me to share because you're revealing so much without even knowing and I love I just love this idea of families coming together and learning to listen actually and hold space for everything that's coming up and getting their own um, insights through that as well like when I've had dreams I've had some dreams recently where I've dreamt that someone's pregnant I've told them and they were going through fertility treatment they didn't know they were pregnant and the next checkup, they found out they were pregnant. Like it was, is crazy. And I know I'm not. I don't know what that means, but what it, it does mean is that I connected to this person, and I was able to be of support as they were going through something. So it doesn't really matter the what interpretation you give it. Just by connecting and sharing, you're creating them bonds again. That maybe that Absolutely. person just needed me at that time. Totally, and that's mm -hmm. an example of a precognitive dream in which you. Um, you, you sense something, you dream of, uh, of an event and then it occurs uh, in, in waking reality. And there's a lot of examples of that happening all over the world throughout history. It's also called prophetic dreaming or divination dreams or psychic dreaming. And I think what you were saying about the vulnerability that we feel like when we share a dream and you feel like slightly dirty or you feel like, oh, too much information. This is, this is something that's a problem in the West. So, you know, people who have these, these, these kin groups where they, they share at dawn in, in these sort of tribal setups, they don't, that's not part of it, right? So what is it about the West that we're so disconnected from our dreams and other people that we feel shameful and weird when we share a dream? So this is like yeah, the great sure. hangover. Yeah, it's like the great hangover of the 19th century of psychology, of, of, you know Freud looking at dreams saying oh it's just junk data it's just it's wow. daytime residue this stuff doesn't mean anything so people started yeah, stigmatize, yeah. Mm -hmm. stigmatize dreaming and seeing it as like you know it's silly it's silly nonsense and you just you know you probably crazy, just yeah, yeah so. I'm having so many realizations now I'm just like damn like this is so crazy another thing that they've been trying to hide from us and the Tibetans won't be saying that will they that's why I first read the book <laughs> Tibetan dream yoga and I was like wow these people know what they're talking about oh yeah and then they know their territory of dreams and death and and these are you know two really big things in life that the west but this is real isn't it like the dream world is as real as this physical world that I'm in right now in this awake state that I'm in right now so 
yes. it's not it's not separate and I just think that it might be scary to people but I think just going in there with curiosity just go go there with curiosity if anyone would would want that because there's so much there's so much healing yeah um, going into that world yeah and dreams are effectively experiences of consciousness. They are your consciousness having an experience in the altered state of sleep. So mm-hmm. just because you're asleep doesn't make it not valid. Mm-hmm. You wake up with an emotive dream. You wake up with a profound life-changing dream, like the one that you shared, Angelica. Like that mm-hmm. is valid in its own right. Your mm-hmm. consciousness had that experience. It shifted something for you. So that is absolutely valid. It shouldn't be shrugged off as, oh, it was just a dream. It changed something. So it's your consciousness yeah. having yeah. these experiences. And it's um, we, we need to reconnect to them in order to have more enriched and happy and fulfilling and lives. And not just with ourselves, but with other the other humans. And not just humans all sentient life with animals with plants everything (laughs) and it's like in the waking like in the physical world we're maybe trying to project things so that we can heal but our senses get in the way and then we create this outcome that we're living through now and then in the dream world the senses have been taken away from what we have with our physical body so it's almost as though you can in some senses just observe it and if you can become even if you can't become lucid you can do this when you wake up but if you're lucid in a dream and you're aware of it then you can decide to surround that with love and do that deeper healing of something that might have happened like when you were being born it might be something that early and maybe even before right maybe even from your ancestral line ancestral line of some people feel they can, can connect to past life and integrate the past lives through the dream state and it's, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to get work done. And dreams are often like, you know, they are like a psychedelic experience in a way because they, mm-hmm. they're full of uh, rich symbols and surreal and <laughs> absurd and sometimes like freaky and nightmarish. But it's a journey of the unconscious, yeah. very much like the psychedelic experience. So we, we know when we have a, a psychedelic experience, we, we, you want to come out of it with a proper integration and you, you want to unpack the meaning. And so every single night we're having psychedelic experiences through the dreams, you know? And so there's things there from the deep unconscious that come up, like could be prenatal events. It could be something deeply from your childhood. So it's, it's an opportunity to heal all the time, you know, to balance. Yeah. That makes me think when you said that about integration, how it's also important to give yourself a little bit of time when you wake up to journal or to just breathe and be with your body and wake up and, recall if you if you can your dreams or even just say okay I don't remember my dreams but I'll remember them tomorrow just like having another practice as you wake up to really honor what happened in the dream world that's fantastic and it's really that's a technique that is really powerful it's a upon awakening the integration technique especially if you wake up with a really strong emotion from a dream so let's say you wake up with a really um upsetting dream that you feel very uh, you know you're you're crying or you're really emotionally upset because someone did something in the dream it's an it's an opportunity to be able to integrate that emotion so allowing yourself to lay still and and stay in that sleepy state of the theta brainwave 
and allow yourself to fully feel the emotion, even though it feels as though we might want to roll over and just repress it, to just embrace it and just let it excel to its capacity. Something amazing happens when you do that. If you stay in the sleeping mode, sometimes you'll get little dreams or visions of what it's really, really connected to in your waking life experiences. And it can be a tremendous form of healing and integration just from just from having the patience, like you said, to just stay in the zone. And then as you surface from that, you can journal it down and feel the the full release. It's really helpful, especially because sometimes we wake up from really emotional dreams and the emotion stays with us all day. And we're like pissed off at our partner because in a dream they were like flirting with some girl or you know what I mean? And then you you feel, feel the emotion all day. So how dare That's you do that? <laughs> That's, well, oh I, my have, I have a funny question. Like, I, well, it's definitely like a personal question, but, you know, I would love to journal my dreams. Like a part of me wants to do that, but I, you know, having a toddler, it's just not possible in the morning. And especially also with like, I have like it's bananas like they're just so vivid and there's so many details and uh, you know uh, and sometimes you know it's in the middle of the night and I could definitely when everyone is asleep you know take the moment to record it even but I found myself to be so lazy (laughs) just (laughs) you know like I'm lazy but I know that I know that if I do it you know I will find I will find a lot like a lot of yeah a lot of little beautiful like pieces and keys to to my health basically yeah or to there's life a of, there's a lot of ways you can record your dream so it, you know you can record yourself talking into you know a, a dictaphone app or record yourself recounting the dreams or mm. or you know texting a friend or calling a friend or or dream you know if you're in a community you live in a community starting a dream morning dreams circle you can still have your children there you know while everyone sits and 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 recounts their dreams so sounds like the ideal community (laughs) yeah the idea you know i'm just getting a picture where like like when me and danielle we have like one of our dreams that we're going to come together our families we're going to raise our children together and this is what we're going to do danielle like this this is amazing i can't wait (laughs) we're sitting there around the morning fire yeah cups of tea (laughs) Tree, you'll right. be yeah. there as well. You'll be visiting. I'll come and yeah. visit. I'll bring, I'll bring the uh, guayusa because guayusa is, is an amazing uh, leaf uh, to, to have in the mornings around dream sharing. In fact, there's a lot of uh, Amazonian uh, peoples that use guayusa in the morning. How do you spell people. that? What is this? Uh, guayusa. Guayusa is G-U-A-Y-U-S-A. And it's um, it's a leaf in the holly holly family, and it grows uh, it grows in Ecuador, um, and it's used for as a dreaming plant, but in the morning to help you interpret the dreams from the night before. It's shared oh, in, in it. a way. Can and you it's have amazing. that breastfeed in? Do you know? You know what? I don't know. Well, the thing is, it's it, it the leaf contains theobromine, which is found in cacao. <laughs> And, well, it's then also, it's fine. <laughs> and it contains caffeine as well, but it's a, a cleaner energy than coffee because it has theobromine. It's very full of antioxidants and it's oh, like, awesome. oh, but I suppose this has been used within, within communities for very, it, I, 
for a long time right this has been used within communities to recall dreams because I always think when we find out like oh is this okay for breastfeeding and pregnancy there are no tests that are going to um, come about from the west that have been tested on pregnant women or breastfeeding it's just there's too many risks involved so I like to see what they've been doing within tribal communities or communities away from the west to be honest yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if, uh, if, if you know, if children or breastfeeding moms uh, with Guayusa, if, if they're, yeah. I'd Maybe ha- our babies will start telling telling us their dreams. Yeah. I'll be like, damn, I didn't even know you well, could speak. Well, we know that theobroma is not, um, you know, something that's bad for us, um, not during breastfeeding either, but like caffeine with moderate, you know, like moderate um yeah. intake so I'm yeah i'm like oh that's like this one. i'm i you know i have the amazon where i am so i can look into that yeah <laughs> look into it. is there anything that you can have before you go to sleep is there anything that you'd recommend yeah there's some really great um dreaming plants and herbs um they're called winerogens which is from the greek words winiros which is dream and gen which means to create so they're plants that help create dreams and a really good one a common one is mugwort which is uh indigenous to europe and also north america and it seems to be a really great little dream activator when you drink it as tea before bed um it contains um it contains uh thujong thujong is a compound that's found in absence and which is which is thought to bring about the sort of visionary states that 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 you can receive from from drinking absinthe. It's not a psychoactive drug though, or a psychoactive entheogen, mugwort. It's a, it's a a co- very common uh, womanly herb too, because it's great for balancing hormones and helping with uh, periods. Yeah, um, I use that. I smoke um, the living room after she's gone to bed, and we're winding down. I just smoke mugwort. yeah and I really do I know it's a difference I don't know if it's my association with it but I do notice my dreams are much more vivid yeah is it better to infuse it or or to smoke it Uh, I think it's good both ways I smoke it in a pipe but I also drink it as a hot like a yeah well yeah you know I'm just like so just wanting to get into this now I'm like okay can I go to sleep now can I take some tea (laughs) get into my dreams um I we had some other things lined up to speak about today but we are not going to get it in so I really hope that you will come back Tree and speak about psychedelics and microdosing and your work as a death doula because you're amazing and I'm just so inspired right now (laughs) oh it's been so great to chat I love it yeah same here (laughs) you have any other questions Angelica yeah no it's um I'm just super excited and I also feel very inspired by today's subject and you know we can go on forever like always um yeah so definitely Tree I I hope that we will uh have you back again so we can continue with what was on the list for today's topic (laughs) yeah we didn't even get anywhere did we but we got so many places (laughs) we got everywhere (laughs) but nowhere (laughs) it was really honestly you're just like you're full of wisdom and I love that you have this research behind what you're saying as well. I'm so 
wow, I'm so passionate right now about connecting back to our roots and rewilding ourselves. Um, yeah. It's just helping me to, to mother as well and oh, find yeah. some peace in myself because I need to see how much I've been brainwashed and how much of a spell I'm still under. You are as well, little buddy. I've got my friend. <laughs> and also, um, you know, there, also like the rewilding that like you're saying uh, as, you know, being connect the connection to nature and like, you know, the, the life, death, rebirth cycles in our bodies, you know, as women every single month with our period, mm-hmm. uh, when you're mm-hmm. holding a baby in there too, I mean, just the connection to the life force, the, the you know, the, the primal energy, the, the natural cycles of our, our, our planet are intense. And I think w- one little takeaway thing that women can, can take away from maybe this, um, this podcast is if you are pregnant and listening to this and you want to do dreaming, you can connect with your baby before they're born in the dreams. And that's something that can happen. Um, there's um, a really great dream guide. She's a friend of mine and a colleague called Jennifer Clara Scura, and she's New York based. I've got a, um, an interview with her on my YouTube channel of like her incredible uh, experiences connecting with her babies in dreams when they are still in her, you know, when they haven't been born yet. Mm. Um, maybe I'll send you the link. You can link it in or something like oh, that. Oh yes, but, we'll put this in the yeah, show. She's now. got some great. She's got some great techniques on how to do that. Oh, please, yes, that's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit as well about what you're offering? I know I looked on your website and you've written a few books. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, done a lot so of things awesome. actually. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so the books that I've authored uh, thus far, I've have, I have three books on dreaming, and they're they're good to for starters. You know, like the first book, Dreams, is a really good starting book to kickstart uh, like a your practice if you want to become a conscious dreamer and just start to make a new habit of connecting to your dreams. And in the first book, there's a, a big section on plants, different plants you can work with, and how the natural world can really help complement your reconnection to your dream worlds and um yeah and then there's this second book is uh, conscious dreamer which is like an interactive book with activities and journaling within the book uh like a 30-day journey to have you really take a lot of information from your dreams and integrate them so it's a, there's a big integration process with the second book and uh then the third book is like an oracle like a dream oracle book that comes with a deck so um, that, that's a, a fun one <laughs> with, with Oracle cards to go with the book. I like the sound of um, going through that 30 days with you, Angelica. I think we might have to get that second book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, send you guys, I'll send you books. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> Thank excited. You. Yes, let's go into this. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. If this, wow. if this isn't the biggest sign, then I don't know what is. We've been having the craziest dreams and having you on and just really connecting to you. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> the dream world is calling. <laughs> Yay! Yes. But, yeah, have amazing Also, dreams. I just want to like add to like anyone once again coming back to like pregnant women and um, and just what you said to you that it's uh, a great, great, great opportunity to connect to your baby. Um, they are, you know, so wise and they are always with us, ready to, you know, communicate if there is anything that we are worried, worried about or if we are, 
you know feeling anxious or feeling like oh i'm not connecting to my baby and um so i'm so looking forward to this uh, to this interview that you have with your friend um and to sh- i would love to see it myself and and hopefully that any listener that are interested that could you know take benefit from it so thank you thank you thank you so much for that oh it's a pleasure really pleasure all right thank you all so much it's just been the best time hanging out with you both okay until next time speak to you soon until next time bye what an incredible episode with tree car wow now it's time for our mother's circle to sit back and hold space for a mother to share their story and this week we have danielle catherine thomas in her spare time from being a mother she supports women to implement mindfulness techniques into busy day-to-day life and now i'll hand over to danielle thank you again for sharing I feel more sort of called to share my birth story because actually within the last sort of four months or so um, I've realised that I actually have quite a lot of trauma um, attached to my birth um, or the birth of my daughter Um, but again you're just so like conditioned to believe that if you're um, both healthy, um, you know, it's that saying, isn't it? Like, when mom and baby are happy and healthy, so everything goes fine. Um, but actually, that's not the case. And it actually came up, um, I came to the realisation through a lot of um, Reiki healing. Um, I could obviously just feel this, like, stagnant like energy that needed to come out but I didn't realize that that was what it was and it's not until now that I'm really even remembering my birth or again like the birth of my daughter um so my story sort of I feel sort of starts from 10 weeks pregnant uh had the 10 week check up in the UK they do they have like a 10 week I think they call it a booking in appointment so I had that um it was all fine at the end of it they say you know have you thought about birth like what are your feelings towards it have you got any preferences and I mentioned then that I sort of desired to have um a home birth and it was really like brushed off like oh well you know you're only 10 weeks and you know it's first baby so that doesn't always happen it's very unlikely um, you know, maybe you should, you know, basically go away and think about something else. Um, I actually think that ended up having a very, like, knock-on effect throughout things and feelings in my pregnancy as well. Um, because you leave that appointment feeling... I just felt so, like, okay, I'm not in control then. Like, I don't get to have what... Sorry, that was my dog. Um, I don't get to have the birth that I desire and I have to put my faith and trust into the medical professionals. Um, And then nothing was really mentioned again 
until my 25 week appointment and I said you know I would still really like a home birth and then they said oh what does your husband think and I said oh he's sort of a bit um nervous about a home birth and straight away she said again well you know if one's nervous then the other person will pick up on it and then things won't go to plan at home and you'll end up having to go into hospital anyway so you should really think about another plan and I was like right okay so I'm obviously going to have to have this baby in hospital um did some hypnobirthing was great um anyway ended up having the planning to have her in hospital um when I so yeah cut to the, to the birth so waters broke naturally laying in bed and um rung the midwife and they said well you know just try and get as much sleep as you can and sort of rest for you know whenever the baby decides to to come so I did the next day I had a few like twinges and sort of like slight period style cramps but nothing major and then they said well because your waters have been broken now for 24 hours you should probably come in and then they advised me to have the sweep um which even though my plan was then changed to um a hospital plan I still wanted like as little intervention as possible um that, that didn't end up happening at all so I was told to have the sweep or encouraged to have the sweep had the sweep that did then sort of get things going um started to labor really well so I had the sweep went back home and then went back in and things were sort of getting more um you know as the labor was progressing and when I rung them to say oh you know we're going to come in they said well you can come in but you know if you could stay at home that would be great and you know you think well I really want you to stay at home and now you're telling me because you're too busy for me that I should stay at home um so I went in and again it was busy so I was put in a like a small side room it was like a triage room actually it was lovely because it was really like I said really small really quite dark I felt quite like in my cave like quite safe I had my um clary sage on I had all my like aromatherapy oils I had um my candle my tea lights and I just felt quite safe in there and then I was laboring really nicely and they said oh we're ready we've got a pool room ready for you now if you'd like to take it um because I'd said that I would hope you know like to have a um a water bath so we said oh okay then even though I was feeling really comfortable where I was again I wish I just listened to my intuition and said you know I'm gonna stay where I am but I didn't I moved and um we went into the the pool room and it was a lot bigger than the one before and it was really bright they hadn't turned the like dim the lights or anything and it obviously smelled bleach and I think I just went into that room and I don't really remember I'm still piecing together the the bits of the next part of the, the the birth I think I went into that room and my body just completely froze I was just scared um the midwife who I had had 
was like finishing her shift so she sort of handed me over to somebody else or I don't actually think she even handed me over she just said she was going and she'll be back in the morning and obviously there was midwives around but I don't remember being told like this is who's going to be looking after you now or whatever um so basically the whole of that next night from about 10 o'clock at night till eight o'clock the next morning I was not checked on nobody came in I was sat upright in a bed, literally bolt upright. My husband was asleep in a chair next to me. And again, it's only now that I'm being able to piece the story back together that I don't think I moved. I know I didn't sleep, but I did not move. I was just, it was like my body was just frozen. I was just in complete fear. Um, and the baby actually wasn't moving as well, so... You know, I should have been checked on, really. Um, And then somebody came in 8 o'clock the next morning and basically said, right, we're going to get this baby out today. And said, because the labour had not been progressing, that I needed to be induced, which then meant you were, like, hooked up to a drip. So I couldn't go in the pool anyway. I literally couldn't move around the room even. I basically had to stay on the bed um, I said at one point, I really would like to just get in the stand in the shower and just have the water on me. Well, no, no, you can't do that. Because this, this, the IV or the drip literally just follow, is on like a big, tall rod. So it literally just, wherever you go, this thing just like follows. Um, and they couldn't quite gauge the, gauge it right. So sometimes it made the contractions way too intense and then sometimes like not intense enough. Um... So, yeah, I was doing that. And then, bearing in mind, I'd hoped to have, like, no medicine. Like, I didn't want gas and air, epidural, nothing. And obviously, then I had to have the the hormone drip. Um, Yeah, so then cut forward to... um, I'd been pushing. Got to the point of pushing. I'd been pushing for two hours... A button gets pressed, in come doctors, and we're basically like, if you don't get your baby out within the next 20 minutes, we're going to have to take you for an emergency C-section. And this feeling, literally, I just remember it, even talking about it, I can feel it coming back, like, no, that is not going to happen, like, everything else has been completely out of my control, I'm not going to do that, it's not happening to me. I didn't vocalise that, but I just remember that feeling. Luckily, I didn't have to do that. I managed to sort of turn her and move her down to where she needed to be. And then I had an episiotomy, so they cut me. And then they, I had what they call like a kiwi birth. So they put like a suction cup on her head. Um, but it meant that somebody was literally pulling her, like on the floor, pulling her out of me. Um, so obviously that was quite... Um, <laughs> sort of distressing anyway like somebody literally pulling this your baby out of you and to see them sat on the floor as well um but I didn't like I was never really asked by like family or friends like how my birth went so it wasn't until I like I had this reiki where we were actually sort of trying to delve into other 
sort of things that that were going on that all this came up um and yeah like i said it's something that i'm working on will probably continue have to to have to work through and yeah i just wish that i had or that i felt listened to and that i felt supported i never felt supported by the medical profession or professionals that i came in contact with um unless i wanted to do the like more medical route um yeah, and then I sort of hear stories of other people's births and see pictures of other people's births and I get really emotional. I get really um, just, yeah, sad, I guess. I guess there's this grieving process because it's just not what I had envisioned for my birth, for my, you know, for me and my baby at all. Um, but, yeah, I'm really grateful for you for holding the space for me to even be able to to say it and and get it out because it's just another form of of release and just to be listened to again so yeah thank you for um for holding this space for me and yeah let me let me share and I hope that it helps anybody if they felt completely out of control or not listened to um unfortunately they're not alone and you know, it shouldn't be that way, but I guess if it has happened to you, it's nice to know that it's not just you.